Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team battle of the socks in the windy city red versus white there's drew pomeranz the southpaw had it rolling in this one as we pick up the action in the third and a 2-2 here it is a swing and a mess he's out on strikes and sanchez looked at the home plate umpire that's greg gibson and said was that a strike and he said yes you swung at it for pomeranz his fourth strikeout sounds like you're almost in louisiana they, they dictate everything by the parishes there's a swing and a ground ball up the middle. Rutledge throws from a jump throw, if you will, and gets him. I don't know if he had to jump there, but that was one heck of a play just to get it. Well, I'll say this. It didn't bother him no, jumping. No. He threw an absolute rocket strike. So jumping is really irrelevant because it works for him. Is it that easy? For him, yeah. That pitcher swinging a little looper to left field. That's going to untie the game. That's a gork shot. Moreland home. And applauding himself is Pablo Sandoval at first base. It is two to one Boston. Two one Boston and the two two Vasquez line drive left center field. That's going to score both of them. That rolls Garcia sliding Vasquez the second with a two one double. It's now four one Boston. The 0 two a swing and a miss on a breaking ball ball gets away from Christian Vasquez picks it up throws him out two three. He's fun to watch Vasquez. He's got a lot of things going on. Oh, that he does. A couple of years ago, Vasquez set the uh, Red Sox record for percentage of catching uh, base dealers. What was it over 50 percent? 52 percent. Yeah. A strikeout two three and by my count that's seven strikeouts for Pomerantz. I believe that might actually be eight. I'm going to look. Yep, that's eight. That's eight of them. Yep. Two balls, two strikes. The two two to Davidson. He threw him a slider. Now that's unfair. Strike three. One ball, two strikes. The one-two to Tim Anderson. Struck him out swinging. There's the high fastball. Well, after two breaking balls, you you get it. A fastball all of a sudden is a lot quicker. So the Sox down to their last out. And now Vaez at home plate waits for the two-two. Here it is. Strike three got him. He struck out the side. His save his 15th. The win to Pomerantz five and three. The loss Anthony Swarzak two and one. The game was played at three hours flat. Four runs seven hits two errors for Boston. They left five a run on seven for the Sox. No errors. We stranded seven. The Red Sox take it 4-1 year final as they win the rubber match over the White Sox. Kimbrell extends his streak of consecutive scoreless innings pitch to 16. For Pomeranz, it's his fifth victory of the year. 
Rick Renteria squad collected seven hits, but only tallied one run against Red Sox pitching Wednesday night. Here's the skipper talking to the media after the loss. He gave us a, a solid five innings of work. Uh, we had gone into the game today with a with our game plan already. <coughs> excuse me, set up. Um, he was going to give us five, hold them there, and then we were going to go ahead and go hand it over to the bullpen. Basically, uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out for us in that particular inning. I think Anthony was looking pretty good. I know there was a couple of jam shots, uh, ball off the end of the bat. We were going to try and get out of that inning with uh, with a walk to Bradley. You know, we got that ground ball. We just didn't weren't able to turn it cleanly enough. Maybe we get out of it, but. Uh, all in all, I thought uh, beyond that, you know, Beck went out there and did a nice job, and Fonte gave us a nice inning of work. We weren't able to put together anything more against Pomerantz. Kept, you know, elevating that fastball and dropping in that breaking ball. So, uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to score very more, much more. How often do you choreograph a game like that? Uh, it's actually more often than not, believe it or not. I think it's. You think it through. I think you go over the different scenarios ahead, behind, tied, uh, who's available for that particular day, and then you kind of plan it out. And uh, I think it's one of those things for, for me personally, as a manager, when I'm talking it over with Coop and the staff and, and we're, we're going through what we're going to do, uh, I always feel like you do make some in-game adjustments, but you always feel when you go about the way you think it was playing itself out and you follow your line, you feel a little better regardless of what might end up happening. Uh, I think in the other, in the other um, light, you end up kicking yourself a little bit when you feel like you go against it. Rick, how much of that has to do with his struggles a third time through an order? Is that part of the plan? Well, I think, I think you know, we've, it's one of those things where you just don't want to allow it to start to open up and then you bring in a reliever with, you know, traffic. I think all of us want and think about, and that's not just him, it's anybody who's, who's starting. When, when they get to particular inning, you just think about um, what you would want your relievers to be able to inherit. There are some situations in which they inherit traffic, just the way it is. Uh, most times, you'd like to allow them to go ahead and have some freedom to be able to work and, and, uh, and do it in a clean inning. So that's what basically we tried to do. Do you think that time will come when you allow them to go over the counter? I think all our pitchers are, I'm hoping, will continue to extend their, their usage. Uh, I think it also depends on the availability of our, of our pin. If you're able to shorten a game, you know, and you guys here talked about a lot with different organizations, you can't do it all the time because then you're using your pin all the time. You obviously need to be able to give those guys opportunities to go out there and, and eat up some innings. The, the benefit, I should say, the caveat to that is that hopefully on the offensive side we give them some room to be able to work and then allow them to get back out there and, and give you another inning or two. Beck's really been uh, excellent the last seven or eight times out. What have you Beck? seen from him coming along? Yeah, Beck's been executing. I mean, staying downhill. His changeup's been really good, you know, split change. Uh, his cutter, his slider is working really well. Middle, other way, running a little bit against the right-handed hitters. Um, he's actually, again, Another guy that's from within the organization that continues to chip away at how he's effectively going after hitters and is giving us another tool that we can use, an interchangeable part in the relief core that we have. 
He's you know drafted by the White Sox, developed by the White Sox, coming up from within the White Sox, and he's starting to show signs of confidence and effectiveness. He's doing very, very well. Up next for the White Sox, an off day Thursday, followed by a road trip beginning Friday in Detroit. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.